Hello, I'm Marvin Fant, and this is Fantline, where we're not afraid to speak truth, and it doesn't matter if you're conservative or liberal, Democrat or Republican, because right always trumps over wrong. Enough said. And today's episode is 13 Words of Wisdom. And I want to start out by saying that God's wisdom satisfies whether it's going in or coming out. Receiving wise instruction is essential so that your confidence may be in the Lord and not in people. The wise, therefore, exhort you Apply your mind to knowledge. This is a process by which the word of God gets off the page and into our lives. A disciple of Jesus Christ is one for whom regular interaction with the word of God is as necessary and desirable as obtaining food for the body. Scripture equips us to live in the Christian life. Now, if you've got a messed up mind, you're going to have a messed up life. It's as simple as that. Which is why our minds need to be renewed on a daily basis, I would, I would, I would also add. So our lives can be transformed. And this is coming from Romans chapter 12, verse 2. So when you try to change your actions without changing your thinking, you only do a temporary patchwork job. If you want to fix what you do, you must first fix how you think about what you do. A transformed mind comes through the study and application of the word of God. So let's start off with number one. Number one is Because they represent the Lord Jesus Christ, Christians should be known as those who work with excellence at whatever they do. Good enough just doesn't cut it. Whoever does quality labor will be recognized. You know, and I I try to apply that concept to my everyday life. Whatever I do, be it work, be it home, I try to do it with excellence. I try to do it with 100% effort coming from myself. And when I do that, I'm giving honor to God. I'm giving reverence to God because I do it in his name. And whatever I do comes back back to me. Whatever I do is an example is recognition towards God. So I have to look at things, and you, you also have to look at things in that in that way, in that perspective. Number two, beware of indebting yourself to the rich and powerful. Their extravagant gifts are often motivated by a desire to get more from you than they give. 
You know, a great example of this would be um, when it comes to um, political situations. I, I think that's a great example. When someone of that ilk, and like I said, I'm just giving, using that as an example, but when someone or of that ilk wants to bestow upon you money or gifts, they're looking for something in return. They're looking for your vote. They're, they're looking for, um, for you to back them in whatever situation that they have going on, but they want something in return. So beware of indebting yourself to, in, in situations like that, beware of indebting yourself to the rich and powerful. Because when you, you put yourselves in that debt, so to speak, they're looking for something in return. And in situations like that, be it rich and powerful, if you're not able to come through, they have the resources to come back at you. But remember this, if you being a man or woman of God, then there should be no fear. There should be no fear. So just keep that in mind. Okay, number three. Uh, riches are hard to come by. If you give all your attention to generating wealth, you will forsake relationships with the Lord and your riches will easily disappear. And a lot, a lot of people come up on this. The most best way to obtain riches is first putting Jesus Christ first on your agenda. Not having to uh, basically look to always trying to get rich but when your heart is in the right place and you are a giving person and you are a good person, the Lord will see, the Lord will look after you. The Lord will apply riches to you. Riches will be, will be a trail behind you. It'll be like a trail. It'll follow after you. And I know a lot of you may, may be saying, well, I've done this and I've done that. Sometimes you have to check yourself in the mirror. Check yourself. See what your inner intentions have been all along. Because if you do, sometimes you, in some situations, you may be disappointed in yourself. But don't put all your attention into, I got I to gotta generate wealth. I got to do this. I got to do that. No, first, apply yourself in the way that you should go. Apply yourself in Jesus first. And everything else will fall into place. Number four, like the rich man, the stingy man may also have an 
ulterior motives for his gifts. Be discerning. Be discerning and also don't be stingy. Don't be a stingy man always wanting to grab hold of what you have and you can't let go Because when you like that, you don't have to be rich, but you can be just as bad as that wealthy man who's wealthy for all the wrong reasons. There have been many people who have been stingy and left this world with money in their pocket, but their destination is hell. So be a giving person. Have it come from the heart. And number five, apply yourself to discipline and listen to words of knowledge. I'll say that again. Apply yourself to discipline and listen to words of knowledge. See, many believers suffer from spiritual Alzheimer's. And this malady manifests itself in a deterioration of proper application of the mind of Christ. A kingdom mind that should be operating in every believer's life. A Christian who suffers from spiritual Alzheimer's loses the ability to apply a spiritual mind to his daily interactions. He or she forgets how to think in terms of God's kingdom agenda. And such believers default to a secular way of thinking. Often our greatest problem is not what we do, it's the way we think. In order to transform what we do, we must transform our thoughts, our thought pattern, and discipline our minds to focus on the realm of the spirit. <clears throat> now let that sink in. Spiritual Alzheimer's, when we lose the ability to apply a spiritual mind to our daily, daily interactions. So in other words, we forget what we've been taught in, in our daily situations. We forget how to apply what's in the spirit. In other words, going, seeking prayer, seeking God's guidance. We get wrapped up in the world's way of thinking. We get wrapped up in the world's way of doing things. We get wrapped up in the world's way of figuring out a problem. We get wrapped up in the world's way of solving a problem. Instead of going to the spiritual route, going to the spiritual aspect, praying, seeking God first, being led by the Holy Spirit. That is what's meant by spiritual Alzheimer's. We forget. Because we're in the moment and either we get excited or because of fear, we forget. 
So I'm here to say right now, don't don't have the, the spiritual the spiritual Alzheimer's. Get rid of that and start to have a renewed mind in applying the spirit, applying what we've learned. I guarantee you, things will change and turn around. And you will become a better Christian. But we have to stop forgetting. We absolutely have to stop forgetting. All right, let's continue with number six. Choosing friends. Choosing friends will lead us down either the wise or foolish path. Relationships are critical to our walks with God. The people in our lives can encourage wise kingdom living or be a stumbling block to it. Solomon was very straightforward on this matter. He said, don't envy the evil or desire to be with them, for their hearts plan violence and their words stir up trouble. The righteous and the wicked, see the righteous and the wicked have two very different futures set out for them. So we can't expect to hang out with evil people without suffering the consequences. Am I right? Okay. We must be very, very careful of who we associate ourselves with or who we choose as friends. We must be careful in the relationships we have because they can at times be a big influence with us or determine our outcomes going forward. You know, I've always told my sons because this is a situation that I always um, adhere to for myself, which is you be the leader instead of the follower. The only one you should follow behind is Christ or those people who are very in tune with Christ and show magnificent leadership qualities. But overall, you be the leader and not the follower. That way, you know which way you're going. That way, you know the path being taken instead of following behind somebody else. And you get all mixed up in their mess. And then you're trying to figure out how to get out of it. Number seven, the family. The family was God's idea and, and invention. So he knows how it ought to function. If your family is built upon wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, then your home will be filled with beautiful treasure, regardless of your income. Such a family is prepared to extend God's kingdom and his rule into the world. You know, a lot of people try to um, look at money and, and being, being the aspect of a, a good relationship or a good family or good this or good that. Don't get it twisted. Money plays a, a role, okay? But it's how you 
use that money. It's how you approach that money. And even when it comes to family, it's all about the love that, that you put into this, to the family. The money is an additive for the family. The wealth is, a, is an additive in how you can, 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 can um, navigate the family through, through this life. It helps out. But again, it comes down to the love and how much you have Christ in your life because there have been many people who have been wealthy and they got a jacked up family. Can I get a witness on that? I mean, really, there have been many people who are jacked up and they had a ton of money, but the family, their family life was just messed up because there was no, there wasn't a, the, the central point of love be it Christ in their lives. So that, that is the difference. Number eight, a good reputation. A good reputation can't be purchased. And we were just talking about money here. A good reputation can't be purchased, but it's worth its weight in gold. The one who plots evil and mocks wisdom, however, is known by his deeds and hated for them. A good reputation, in other words, a good name, your good name goes a long way. When people hear the name, your name, and it's been a good name, see, word gets around. Oh, yeah, I know about this person. Oh, he, he's a good man. Oh, she's a good woman. You know, their word is bond. You know, they're, they're not going to lie about this. And not, they're not going to lie about that. They're not going to try to steal. They're not going to try to cheat. They're not going to try to do evil or anything like this. Their reputation precedes them. Their reputation follows behind them. And just on the, on the flip side of that, when you have a bad reputation, when you when a, a certain name comes up, then all of a sudden there's dread and misery. You know, <laughs> I, I remember talking to my wife about there's these two two brothers, and when I, I lived in the Bronx, so this is back in the seventies, and their names were the Boldens, the Bolden brothers, and they came to me. Just out of the blue, one particular day, and, and I was wondering, I wonder how those, I wonder how those guys are doing. And for some reason, you know, and when I was growing up, I heard about these guys, and it was in the newspapers, and they were just notorious in, in the in the in the Bronx area. So I googled the names, and it came up. <laughs> the Bolden brothers came up and their reputation. They, I mean, they had been in so much stuff. If you name it, they were, they were in it. They were about it. Okay. Robbery, killings, whatever. They were about it. And here it is some 40 years later. And then I Google their names and it comes up. Their reputation. <laughs> their name. 
It was all for the bad. All for the bad. So your reputation, your name is like gold. It's a treasure. Protect it. Mold it. Shape it. First, I mean, most of all, let God be before it. All right. Number nine. Kingdom men and women do not sit by and do nothing. Kingdom men and women do not sit by and do nothing. Kingdom men and women are about doing something. In difficult times, to love your neighbor doesn't merely mean to avoid doing him harm. It means to intentionally do him good, especially when he's in distress or danger. God's people are called to, called to rescue those being led to death and slaughter. One example of how this principle can be applied regards to the wickedness of abortion. For Christians to say, but we didn't know about this, is to be like the priest and Levite in Jesus' parable of the Good Samaritan who essentially stuck their heads in the sand to avoid helping their neighbor. God will repay a person according to his work. So do what you can to help fight such wickedness and love those around you. And this just doesn't have to be about abortion. It could be about someone stealing. It could be about racism. It could be about a multitude of things be it simple. When we, as Christians, we see some something wrong going on and we turn our backs because we don't want to get involved. We don't want our lives to be turned upside down, so to speak. But the thing is, it's our duty as a Christian to say or do something. It's our duty. You know, God didn't just save us just so we could live off on an island to ourselves. He saved us to help one another out. He saved us to be about the kingdom, his kingdom. So we mustn't stick our head in the sands, in the sands, so to speak. We have to be bold. And we have to realize that we have a protector and his name is Jesus. All right, number 10. We're almost done here. God doesn't command us to become wise simply, simply because it's the right thing to do. Just as people eat honey because it's sweet, so we should choose wisely in life because doing so brings pleasure. When you access and act on divine wisdom, you will have a future and your hope will never fade. Again, just as, as in the situation of God blessing us with money, God blessing us with um, intelligence, be in, in this situation being wise, we should not keep it to ourselves, but we should be 
the, 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 the engine to help others. God's conduit to help others. This is why he blesses us in so many various ways. It's not just to keep for ourselves, but it's to help others. It's to fulfill the will of God. It's not about our will, it's about his will. Keep that in mind. Number 11. Though a a righteous person falls seven times, he will get up, but the wicked will stumble into ruin. The foolish and wicked are stumbling through life without hope. God's people stumble too, but he helps them up. And often with the aid of the God of the God of people we've gathered around us. And though the wicked seek to harm the righteous, they will not ultimately succeed. So therefore remember that though we we're in Christ. But there are those situations where we stumble, we fall down, but remember, he's there to pick us up. So what you get out of this is that you don't um, have a pity party. You get up, you dust yourself off after you've fallen, and you get back on that horse. You get back on that ride. You get back on that train, and that train is Christianity, and you continue on because there are obstacles in this life, and that's the test. Remember, I did I did I did a segment on on you know life is an audition. This is the test. This is the audition. Okay, you fail, you may stumble, but he forgives. He forgives and you keep going and you get better and better and you evolve into the best Christian you can be. Okay. Number number 12. Number 12. Don't gloat when your enemy falls. In other words, as Jesus said, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And I know this one can be a very, very tough one to our stomach, okay? But don't gloat when your enemy falls. And I know, you know, we 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 want to see that person who's been against us. We want to see them go through the worst possible thing, um, short of dying or short of being killed. We want to see them suffer. We want to see them be humiliated. We want to see everything that they threw at us. We want we want them to go through. But the word says, don't gloat when they fall. The Lord says, vengeance is mine. You give that to the Lord. And the thing is, when you come up on your enemy, and I know everybody has that, and everybody has an enemy, okay? When you come up on that person, when you know who that person is, you pray for them. And I know that's one of the hardest things to do is to pray for someone who's done you wrong, but you pray for that person. And when you do, you become even even more of a better person than, than you were before, okay? And God sees this and he will bless you even more. 
He will bless you even more. So, and I, and what I say to you, I say right back at to, to myself, okay? I say right back to myself. So, um, and, and, <laughs> and on those situations, there are times when I need that prayer myself to get to that point of praying for others who've done me wrong. Okay, and last, number 13, giving an honest answer. Make sure your words match reality Is and, and let it be an act of kindness and love. Make sure your words match reality and be it an act of kindness and love. Give an honest answer, don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal. Be honest in your situations. Be virtuous. Be be um, be of humbleness. Be honest, because when you're honest, it lay, it makes life much simpler. As opposed to being dishonest, when you're dishonest, you it is like you you're having to keep up with your dishonesty. You're always having to try to remember what you last said because it was dishonest. See, truth doesn't have to be where you're trying to conjure up memories. Truth is already right there. It's to the point. It's out in the open. You don't have to try to dredge up this and dredge up that. The truth will set you free. It'll set you free in your thoughts. It'll set you free, set you free in your thinking. It'll create a path much easier than going down that path of being dishonest, okay? So there you go, 13 words of wisdom. I hope you apply them to your lives, and I hope this makes you a better man or woman going forward. And like I said, what I say to you, I say right back to myself. These I will apply to myself. And most of all, and most of all, <clears throat> Renew your mind on a daily basis. So use these words of wisdom to renew your mind because we have so much stuff coming at us in this world, so much distraction, so much hate, so much things that are not of God, that are not of his will, that we must, and I say and I repeat, we must regurgitate that which is bad and apply that which is good, which is God, which is God. So continue to renew your mind in the, in the will of the Lord. No say, we're out. Thank you for checking out Fantline. Until next time, keep Jesus first and be transformed by the renewing of your minds.